Section 48 of the Book of Household Management. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carol Stripling. The Book of Household Management by Isabella Beaton. Recipes, Chapter 21, Part 5. Boiled Turkey. 986. Ingredients Turkey Force meat number four hundred seventeen Choosing and trussing Hen turkeys are preferable for boiling on account of their whiteness and tenderness, and one of moderate size should be selected, as a large one is not suitable for this mode of cooking. They should not be dressed until they have been killed three or four days, as they will neither look white nor will they be tender. Pluck the bird, carefully draw and singe it with a piece of white paper, wash it inside and out, and wipe it thoroughly dry with a cloth. Cut off the head and neck, draw the strings or sinews of the thighs, and cut off the legs at the first joint. Draw the legs into the body. Fill the breast with forcemeat made by recipe number 417. Run a skewer through the wing and the middle joint of the leg, quite into the leg and wing on the opposite side. Break the breast bone, and make the bird look as round and as compact as possible. Illustration. Boiled Turkey. Mode. Put the turkey into sufficient hot water to cover it. Let it come to a boil, then carefully remove all the scum. If this is attended to, there is no occasion to boil the bird in a floured cloth, but it should be well covered with the water. Let it simmer very gently for about one and a half hour to one and three-quarter hour, according to the size, and serve with either white, celery, oyster, or mushroom sauce, or parsley and butter, a little of which should be poured over the turkey. Boiled ham, bacon, tongue, or pickled pork should always accompany this dish, and when oyster sauce is served, the turkey should be stuffed with oyster forcemeat. Time. A small turkey, one and a half hour. A large one, one and three-quarter hour. Average cost, five shillings, sixpence, to seven shillings, sixpence each, but more expensive at Christmas on account of the great demand. Sufficient for seven or eight persons. Seasonable from December to February. The turkey. The turkey, for which fine bird we are indebted to America, is certainly one of the most glorious presents made by the new world to the old. Some, indeed, assert that this bird was known to the ancients, and that it was served at the wedding feast of Charlemagne, this opinion, however, has been controverted by first-rate authorities who declare that the French name of the bird, Dinden, proves its origin, that the form of the bird is altogether foreign, and that it is found in America alone in a wild state. There is but little doubt, from the information which has been gained at considerable trouble, that it appeared generally in Europe about the end of the seventeenth century, that it was first imported into France by Jesuits who had sent out missionaries to the West, and that from France it spread over Europe. To this day, in many localities in France, a turkey is called a Jesuit, 
On the farms of North America, where turkeys are very common, they are raised either from eggs which have been found or from young ones caught in the woods. They thus preserve almost entirely their original plumage. The turkey only became gradually acclimated, both on the continent and in England. In the middle of the eighteenth century, scarcely ten out of twenty young turkeys lived. Now, generally speaking, fifteen out of the same number arrive at maturity. Croquettes of Turkey, Cold Meat Cookery, 987. Ingredients, the remains of cold turkey. To every half pound of meat allow two ounces of ham or bacon, two shallots, one ounce of butter, one tablespoonful of flour, the yolks of two eggs, egg, and bread crumbs. Mode. The smaller pieces that will not do for a fricassee or hash answer very well for this dish. Mince the meat finely with ham or bacon in the above proportion. Make a gravy of the bones and trimmings, well seasoning it. Mince the shallots, put them into a stewpan with the butter, add the flour, mix well, then put in the mince and about one-half pint of the gravy made from the bones. The proportion of the butter must be increased or diminished according to the quantity of mince. When just boiled, add the yolks of two eggs. Put the mixture out to cool and then shape it in a wine glass. Cover the croquettes with egg and bread crumbs and fry them a delicate brown. Put small pieces of parsley stems for stocks and serve with rolled bacon cut very thin. Time. Eight minutes to fry the croquettes. Seasonable from December to February. The Wild Turkey in its wild state, the turkey is gregarious, going together in extensive flocks, numbering as many as five hundred. These frequent the great swamps of America, where they roost, but at sunrise leave these situations to repair to the dry woods in search of berries and acorns. They perch on the boughs of trees, and by rising from branch to branch attain the height they desire, they usually mount to the highest tops, apparently from an instinctive conception that the loftier they are, the further they are out of danger. They fly awkwardly, but run with great swiftness, and, about the month of March, become so fat as not to be able to take a flight beyond three or four hundred yards, and are then also easily run down by a horseman. Now, however, it rarely happens that wild turkeys are seen in the inhabited parts of America. It is only in the distant and more unfrequented parts that they are found in great numbers. Fricasseed Turkey, Cold Meat Cookery, 988 Ingredients The remains of cold roast or boiled turkey, a strip of lemon peel, a bunch of savory herbs, one onion, pepper and salt to taste, one pint of water, four tablespoonfuls of cream, the yolk of an egg. Mode. Cut some nice slices from the remains of a cold turkey and put the bones and trimmings into a stewpan with a lemon peel, herbs, onion, pepper, salt, add the water. Stew for an hour, strain the gravy, and lay in the pieces of turkey. When warm through, add the cream and the yolk of an egg. Stir it well round, 
and when getting thick take out the pieces, lay them on a hot dish, and pour the sauce over. Garnish the fricassee with sippets of toasted bread. Celery or cucumbers cut into small pieces may be put into the sauce. If the former, it must be boiled first. Time, one hour to make the gravy. Average cost, exclusive of the cold turkey, four pence. Seasonable from December to February. THE TURKEY This is one of the gallinaceous birds, the principal genera of which are pheasants, turkeys, peacocks, bustards, pintatoes, and grouse. They live mostly on the ground, scraping the earth with their feet, and feeding on seeds and grains, which, previous to digestion, are macerated in their crops. They usually associate in families consisting of one male and several females. Turkeys are particularly fond of the seeds of nettles, whilst the seeds of the foxglove will poison them. The common turkey is a native of North America, and in the reign of Henry the Eighth was introduced into England. According to Tusser's Five Hundred Points of Good Husbandry, it began about the year 1585 to form a dish at our rural Christmas feasts. Quote, Beef, mutton, and pork, shred pies of the best, pig, veal, goose, and capon, and turkey well-dressed, cheese, apples, and nuts, jolly carols to hear, and then in the country is counted good cheer. End quote. The turkey is one of the most difficult birds to rear, and its flesh is much esteemed. The disposition of the turkey. Among themselves, turkeys are extremely furious, whilst amongst other animals they are usually both weak and cowardly. The domestic cock frequently makes them keep at a distance, whilst they will rarely attack him but in a united body, when the cock is rather crushed by their weight than defeated by their prowess. The disposition of the female is in general much more gentle than that of the male. When leading forth her young to collect their food, though so large and apparently so powerful a bird, she gives them very slight protection from the attacks of any rapacious animal which may appear against them. She rather warns them of their danger than offers to defend them, yet she is extremely affectionate to her young. Hashed Turkey 989. Ingredients. The remains of cold roast turkey, one onion, pepper and salt to taste, rather more than one pint of water, one carrot, one turnip, one blade of mace, a bunch of savory herbs, one tablespoonful of mushroom ketchup, one tablespoonful of port wine, thickening of butter and flour. Mode. Cut the turkey into neat joints, the best pieces reserved for the hash. The inferior joints and trimmings put into a stewpan with an onion cut in slices, pepper and salt, a carrot, turnip, mace, herbs, and water in the above proportion. Simmer these for an hour, then strain the gravy, thicken it with butter and flour, flavor with ketchup and port wine, and lay in the pieces of turkey to warm through. If there is any stuffing left, put that in also, as it is so much improves the flavor of the gravy. When it boils, serve and garnish the dish with sippets of toasted bread. Time. One hour to make the gravy. Seasonable from December to February. Hunting turkeys. 
Formerly in Canada, hunting turkeys was one of the principal diversions of the natives of that country. When they discovered the retreat of the birds, which was generally near a field of nettles, or where grain of any kind was plentiful, they would send a well-trained dog into the midst of the flock. The turkeys no sooner perceived their enemy than they would run off at full speed and with such swiftness that they would leave the dog far behind. He, however, would follow in their wake, and as they could not, for a great length of time, continue at their speed, they were at last forced to seek shelter in the trees. There they would sit, spent with fatigue, till the hunters would approach, and with long poles knock them down, one after the other. Roast Turkey 990 Ingredients Turkey Force Meat Number 417 Choosing and Trussing Choose cock turkeys by their short spurs and black legs, in which case they are young. If the spurs are long and the legs pale and rough, they are old. If the bird has been long killed, the eyes will appear sunk and the feet very dry, but if fresh, the contrary will be the case. Middling-sized fleshy turkeys are by many persons considered superior to those of an immense growth, as they are, generally speaking, much more tender. They should never be dressed the same day they are killed, but in cold weather should hang at least eight days. If the weather is mild, four or five days will be found sufficient. Carefully pluck the bird, singe it with white paper, and wipe it thoroughly with a cloth. Draw it, preserve the liver and gizzard, and be particular not to break the gall-bag, as no washing will remove the bitter taste it imparts where it once touches. Wash it inside well, and wipe it thoroughly dry with a cloth. The outside merely requires nicely wiping, as we have just stated. Cut off the neck close to the back, but leave enough of the crop-skin to turn over. Break the leg-bone close below the knee, Draw out the strings from the thighs and flatten the breastbone to make it look plump. Have ready a forcemeat made by recipe number 417. Fill the breast with this, and if a trussing needle is used, sew the neck over to the back. If a needle is not at hand, a skewer will answer the purpose. Run a skewer through the pinion and thigh into the body to the pinion and thigh on the other side, and press the legs as much as possible between the breast and the side bones, and put the liver under one pinion and the gizzard under the other. Pass a string across the back of the bird, catch it over the points of the skewer, tie it in the center of the back, and be particular that the turkey is very firmly trussed. This may be more easily accomplished with a needle and twine than with skewers. Illustration Roast Turkey Mode Fasten a sheet of buttered paper onto the breast of the bird. Put it down to a bright fire at some little distance at first, afterwards draw it nearer, and keep it well basted the whole of the time it is cooking. About one quarter hour before serving, remove the paper, Dredge the turkey lightly with flour, and put a piece of butter into the basting ladle. As the butter melts, baste the bird with it. When of a nice brown and well frothed, serve with a tureen of good brown gravy and one of bread sauce. Fried sausages are a favorite addition to roast turkey. They make a pretty garnish, besides adding very much to the flavor. 
When these are not at hand, a few forcemeat balls should be placed round the dish as a garnish. Turkey may also be stuffed with sausage meat, and a chestnut forcemeat with the same sauce is, by many persons, much esteemed as an accompaniment to this favorite dish. See Colored Plate A1. Time. Small turkey, one and a half hour. Moderate-sized one, about ten pounds, two hours. Large turkey, two and a half hours or longer. Average cost, from ten shillings to twelve shillings, but expensive at Christmas on account of the great demand. Sufficient, a moderate-sized turkey for seven or eight persons. Seasonable from December to February. English turkeys. These are reared in great numbers in Suffolk, Norfolk, and several other counties whence they were wont to be driven to the London market in flocks of several hundreds. The improvements in our modes of travelling now, however, enable them to be brought by railway. Their drivers used to manage them with great facility by means of a bit of red rag tied to the end of a long stick, which, from the antipathy these birds have to that colour, effectually answer the purpose of a scourge. There are three varieties of the turkey in this country, the black, the white, and the speckled or copper-coloured. The black approaches nearest to the original stock and is esteemed the best. Its flesh is white and tender, delicate, nourishing, and of excellent flavor. It greatly deteriorates with age, however, and is then good for little but stewing. Roast Turkey Poults, 991. Ingredients, Turkey Poult, Butter. Choosing and Trussing. Choose a plump bird and truss it in the following manner. After it has been carefully plucked, drawn, and singed, skin the neck and fasten the head under the wing, turn the legs at the first joint, and bring the feet close to the thighs as a woodcock should be trussed, and do not stuff it. Mode. Put it down to a bright fire, keep it well basted, and at first place a piece of paper on the breast to prevent its taking too much color. About ten minutes before serving, dredge it lightly with flour and baste well. When nicely froth, send it to table immediately with a little gravy in the dish and some in a tureen. If at hand, a few watercresses may be placed round the turkey as a garnish, or it may be larded. Time about one hour. Average cost, seven shillings to eight shillings each. Sufficient for six or seven persons. Seasonable in full season from June to October. The future of the turkey. Human ingenuity subjects almost every material to the purposes of ornament or use, and the feathers of turkeys have been found adapted for more ends than one. The American Indians convert them into elegant clothing, and by twisting the inner ribs into a strong double string with hemp or the inner bark of the mulberry tree, work it like matting. This fabric has a very rich and glossy appearance, and is as fine as silk shag. The natives of Louisiana used to make fans of the tail, and four of that appendage, joined together, was formerly constructed into a parasol by the French to bone a turkey or fowl without opening it. Miss Acton's Recipe, 992. After the fowl has been drawn and singed, wipe it inside and out with a clean cloth, but do not wash it. Take off the head, 
cut through the skin all round the first joint of the legs and pull them from the fowl to draw out the large tendons raise the flesh first from the lower part of the backbone and a little also from the end of the breastbone if necessary work the knife gradually to the socket of the thigh with a point of the knife detach the joint from it take the end of the bone firmly in the fingers and cut the flesh clean from it down to the next joint round which pass the point of the knife carefully and when the skin is loosened from it in every part cut round the next bone keeping the edge of the knife close to it until the whole of the leg is done remove the bones of the other leg in the same manner then detach the flesh from the back and breastbone sufficiently to enable you to reach the upper joints of the wings proceed with these as with the legs but be especially careful not to pierce the skin of the second joint it is usual to leave the pinions unboned in order to give more easily its natural form to the fowl when it is dressed the merry thought and neck bones may now easily be cut away the back and side bones taken out without being divided and the breast bones separated carefully from the flesh which as the work progresses must be turned back from the bones upon the fowl until it is completely inside out after the one remaining bone is removed draw the wings and legs back to their proper form and turn the fowl right side outwards nine hundred ninety three a turkey is boned exactly in the same manner but as it requires a very large proportion of forcemeat to fill it entirely the legs and wings are sometimes drawn into the body to diminish the expense of this if very securely trussed and sewn the bird may be either boiled or stewed in rich gravy as well as roasted after being boned and forced but it must be most gently cooled or it may burst another mode of boning a turkey or fowl miss acton's recipe nine hundred ninety four cut through the skin down the centre of the back and raise the flesh carefully on either side with a point of a sharp knife until the sockets of the wings and thighs are reached till a little practice has been gained it will perhaps be better to bone these joints before proceeding further but after they are once detached from it the whole of the body may easily be separated from the flesh and taken out entire only the neck bones and merry thought will then remain to be removed the bird thus prepared may either be restored to its original form by filling the legs and wings with forcemeat and the body with the livers of two or three fowls mixed with alternate layers of parboiled tongue freed from the rind fine sausage meat or veal force meat or thin slices of the nicest bacon or aught else of good flavor which will give a marbled appearance to the fowl when it is carved and then be sewn up and trussed as usual or the legs and wings may be drawn inside the body and the bird being first flattened on a table may be covered with sausage meat and the various other ingredients we have named so placed that it shall be of equal thickness in every part then tightly rolled bound firmly together with a fillet of broad tape wrapped in a thin pudding cloth closely tied at both ends and dressed as follows put it into a braising pan stew pan or a thick iron saucepan bright in the inside and fitted as nearly as may be to its size add all the chicken bones a bunch of sweet herbs 
two carrots, two bay leaves, a large blade of mace, twenty-four white peppercorns, and any trimmings or bones of undressed veal which may be at hand. Cover the whole with good veal broth, add salt if needed, and stew it very softly from an hour and a quarter to an hour and a half. Let it cool in the liquor in which it was stewed, and after it is lifted out, boil down the gravy to a jelly and strain it. Let it become cold, clear off the fat, and serve it cut into large dice or roughed and laid around the fowl which is to be served cold. If restored to its form, instead of being rolled, it must be stewed gently for an hour, and may then be sent to table hot covered with mushroom or any other good sauce that may be preferred, or it may be left until the following day and served garnished with a jelly which should be firm and very clear and well flavored. The liquor in which a calf's foot has been boiled down added to the broth will give it the necessary degree of consistence. To Bone Fowls for Fricassees, Curries, and Pies 995 First carve them entirely into joints, then remove the bones, beginning with the legs and wings at the head of the largest bone. Hold this with the fingers, and work the knife as directed in the recipe above. The remainder of the birds is too easily done to require any instruction. To Dress Wheat Ears 996. Ingredients Wheat Ears Fresh Butter Mode After the birds are picked, gutted, and cleaned, Truss them like larks, put them down to a quick fire, and baste them well with fresh butter. When done, which will be in about twenty minutes, dish them on fried bread crumbs, and garnish the dish with slices of lemon. Time, twenty minutes. Seasonable from July to October. The Wheat Ear The Wheat Ear is an annual visitor of England. It arrives about the middle of March and leaves in September. The females come about a fortnight before the males, and continue to arrive till the middle of May. They are in season from July to October, and are taken in large numbers on the South Downs in the neighborhood of Eastbourne, Brighton, and other parts of Sussex. They are taken by means of snares and nets, and numbers of them are eaten on the spot by the inhabitants. The larger ones are sent to London and potted, where they are by many as much esteemed as the ortolans of the continent. Mr. Pennant assigns as the reason of their abounding on the downs about Eastbourne the existence of a species of fly which forms their favorite food, and which feeds on the wild thyme on the adjacent hills. Illustration The Guinea Pig 997 The Guinea Pig This common hutch companion of the rabbit, although originally a native of Brazil, propagates freely in England and other European countries, were it not that they suffer cruelly from cats and numerous other enemies, and that it is the habit of the males to devour their own offspring, their numbers would soon become overwhelming. Rats, however, it is said, carefully avoid them, and for this reason they are frequently bred by rabbit fanciers, by way of protection for their young stock against those troublesome vermin. The lower tier of a rabbit hutch is esteemed excellent quarters by the guinea-pig, here, as he runs loose, he will devour the waste food of his more admired companion. Home naturalists assert that the guinea pig will breed at two months old, the litter varying from four to twelve at a time. It is varied in color, white, 
fawn, and black, and a mixture of the three colors, forming a tortoise shell, which is the more generally admired hue. Occasionally the white ones have red eyes, like those of the ferret and the white rabbit. Their flesh, although eatable, is decidedly unfit for food. They have been tasted, however, we presume, by some enthusiast eager to advance the cause of science, or by some eccentric epicure in search of a new pleasure for his palate. Unless it has been that they deter rats from intruding within the rabbit-hutch, they are as useless as they are harmless. The usual ornament of an animal's hind-quarters is denied them, and were it not for this fact, and also for their difference in color, the Shakespearean locution, quote, a rat without a tail, end quote, would designate them very properly. Illustration. The Signet. 998. The Signet. The Signet, or the young swan, was formerly much esteemed, but it has, quote, fallen from its high estate, end quote, and is now rarely seen upon the table. We are not sure that it is not still fattened in Norwich for the corporation of that place. Persons who have property on the river there take the young birds, and send them to some one who is employed by the corporation to be fed, and for this trouble he is paid, or was wont to be paid, about half a guinea a bird. It is as a future bird of elegance and grace that the young swan is mostly admired. When it has become old enough to grace the waters, then it is that all admire her, when she, with, quote, arched neck, between her white wings mantling, proudly rose her state with oary feet. Poultry carving. Roast duck. Illustration. Roast duck. 999. No dishes require so much knowledge and skill in their carving as do game and poultry, for it is necessary to be well acquainted with the anatomy of the bird and animal in order to place the knife at exactly the proper point. A tough fowl and an old goose are sad triers of a carver's powers and temper, and, indeed, sometimes of the good humor of those in the neighborhood of the carver. For a sudden tilt of the dish may eventuate in the placing a quantity of the gravy in the lap of the right or left-hand supporter of the host. We will endeavor to assist those who are unacquainted with the, quote, gentle art of carving, end quote, and also those who are but slightly acquainted with it, by simply describing the rules to follow, and referring to the distinctly marked illustrations of each dish, which will further help to bring light to the minds of the uninitiated. If the bird be a young duckling, it may be carved like a fowl, by first taking off the leg and the wing on either side, as described at number 1,000, but in cases where the duckling is very small, it will be as well not to separate the leg from the wing, as they will not then form too large a portion for a single serving. After the legs and wings are disposed of, the remainder of the duck will be also carved in the same manner as a fowl and not much difficulty will be experienced, as ducklings are tender, and the joints are easily broken by a little gentle forcing, or penetrated by the knife. In cases where the duck is a large bird, the better plan to pursue is then to carve it like a goose, that is, by cutting pieces from the breast in the direction indicated by the lines marked from one to two, commencing to carve the slices close to the wing, and then proceeding upwards from that to the breastbone. If more should be wanted than can be obtained from both sides of the breast, then the legs and wings must be attacked in the same way as is described in connection with carving a fowl. 
It may be here remarked that as the legs of a duck are placed far more backward than those of a fowl, their position causing the waddling motion of the bird, the thigh bones will be found considerably nearer towards the backbone than in a chicken. This is the only difference worth mentioning. The carver should ask each guest if a portion of stuffing would be agreeable, and in order to get at this, a cut should be made below the breast, as shown by the line from three to four, at the part called the, quote, apron, end quote, and the spoon inserted. As described in the recipe, it is an excellent plan when a couple of ducks are served to have one with and the other without stuffing. As to the prime parts of a duck, it has been said that, quote, the wing of a flyer and the leg of a swimmer, quote, are severally the best portions. Some persons are fond of the feet of the duck, and in trussing these should never be taken off. The leg, wing, and neck bone are here shown, so that it will be easy to see the shape they should be when cut off. Illustration. Leg, wing, and neck bone of duck. Boiled fowl. Illustration. Boiled fowl. Illustration. Leg, wing, and neck bone of fowl. 1000. This will not be found a very difficult member of the poultry family to carve unless, as may happen, a very old farmyard occupant, useless for egg-laying purposes, has by some unlucky mischance been introduced into the kitchen as a, quote, fine young chicken, end quote. Skill, however, and the application of a small amount of strength, combined with a fine keeping of the temper, will even get over that difficulty. Fixing the fork firmly in the breast, let the knife be sharply passed along the line shown from one to two. Then cut downwards from that line to figure three, and the wing, it will be found, can be easily withdrawn. The shape of the wing should be like the accompanying engraving. Let the fork be placed inside the leg, which should be gently forced away from the body of the fowl, and the joint being thus discovered, the carver can readily cut through it, and the leg can be served. When the leg is displaced, it should be of the same shape as that shown in the annexed woodcut. The legs and wings on either side having been taken off, the carver should draw his knife through the flesh in the direction of the line four to five. By this means the knife can be slipped underneath the merrythought, which being lifted up and pressed backward will immediately come off. The collar or neck bones are the next to consider. These lie on each side of the merrythought, close under the upper part of the wings, and in order to free these from the fowl, they must also be raised by the knife at their broad end, and turned from the body towards the breastbone, until the shorter piece of the bone, as shown in the cut, breaks off. There will now be left only the breast with the ribs. The breast can be, without difficulty, disengaged from the ribs by cutting through the latter, which will offer little impediment. The side bones are now to be taken off, and to do this the lower end of the back should be turned from the carver, who should press the point of the knife through the top of the backbone near the center, bringing it down towards the end of the back completely through the bone. If the knife is now turned in the opposite direction, the joint will be easily separated from the vertebra. The backbone being now uppermost, the fork should be pressed firmly down on it, whilst at the same time the knife should be employed in raising up the lower small end of the fowl towards the fork, and thus the back will be dislocated about its middle. 
The wings, breast, and merry-thought are esteemed the prime parts of a fowl, and are usually served to the ladies of the company, to whom legs, except as a matter of paramount necessity, should not be given. Byron gave it as one reason why he did not like dining with ladies, that they always had the wings of the fowls which he himself preferred. We heard a gentleman who, when he might have had a wing, declare his partiality for a leg, saying that he had been obliged to eat legs for so long a time that he had at last come to like them better than the other more prized parts. If the fowl is capon-like, very large, slices may be carved from its breast in the same manner as from a turkey. Roast Fowl Illustration Roast Fowl 1001 Generally speaking, it is not necessary so completely to cut up a fowl as we have described in the preceding paragraphs, unless, indeed, a large family party is assembled, and there are a number of, quote, little mouths, end quote, to be filled, or some other such circumstances prevail. A roast fowl is carved in the same manner as a boiled fowl, number 1,000, by cutting along the line from 1 to 2, and then round the leg between it and the wing. The markings and detached pieces, as shown in the engravings under the heading of, quote, boiled fowl, end quote, supersede the necessity of our lengthily again describing the operation. It may be added that the liver, being considered a delicacy, should be divided, and one half served with each wing. In the case of a fowl being shifted, it will be proper to give each guest a portion, unless it be not agreeable to some one of the party. Roast Goose Illustration Roast Goose Illustration Leg, Wing, and Neck Bone of Goose 1002 It would not be fair to say that this dish bodes a great deal of happiness to an inexperienced carver, especially if there is a large party to serve, and the slices off the breast should not suffice to satisfy the desires and cravings of many wholesome appetites, produced, maybe, by the various sports in vogue at Michaelmas and Christmas. The beginning of the task, however, is not in any way difficult. Evenly cut slices, not too thick or too thin, should be carved from the breast in the direction of the line from two to three. After the first slice has been cut, a hole should be made with a knife in the part called the apron, passing it round the line as indicated by the figures 1, 1, 1. Here the stuffing is located, and some of this should be served on each plate, unless it is discovered that it is not agreeable to the taste of some one guest. If the carver manages cleverly, he will be able to cut a very large number of fine slices off the breast, and the more so if he commences close down by the wing and carves upwards towards the ridge of the breastbone. As many slices as can be taken from the breast being carved, the wings should be cut off, and the same process as described in carving boiled fowl is made use of in this instance, only more dexterity and greater force will most probably be required. The shape of the leg, when disengaged from the body of the goose, should be like that shown in the accompanying engraving. It will be necessary, perhaps, in taking off the leg, to turn the goose on its side, and then, pressing down the small end of the leg, the knife should be passed under it from the top quite down to the joint, the leg being now turned back by the fork. The knife must cut through the joint, loosening the thigh bone from its socket. 
The merry-thought, which in a goose is not so large as might be expected, is disengaged in the same way as that of a fowl, by passing the knife under it and pressing it backwards towards the neck. The neck-bones, of which we give a cut, are freed by the same process as are those of a fowl, and the same may be said of all the other parts of this bird. The breast of a goose is the part most esteemed. All parts, however, are good and full of juicy flavor. Pigeon. Illustration. Pigeon. 1003. A very straightforward plan is adopted in carving a pigeon. The knife is carried sharply in the direction of the line as shown from one to two, entirely through the bird, cutting it into two precisely equal and similar parts. If it is necessary to make three pieces of it, a small wing should be cut off with a leg on either side, thus serving two guests, and by this means there will be sufficient meat left on the breast to send to the third guest. Rabbits. Illustration. Boiled Rabbit. 1004. In carving a boiled rabbit, let the knife be drawn on each side of the backbone, the whole length of the rabbit, as shown by the dotted line 3 to 4. Thus the rabbit will be in three parts. Now let the back be divided into two equal parts in the direction of the line from 1 to 2. Then let the leg be taken off as shown by the line 5 to 6, and the shoulder as shown by the line 7 to 8. This, in our opinion, is the best plan to carve a rabbit, although there are other modes which are preferred by some. Illustration Roast Rabbit A roast rabbit is rather differently trussed from one that is meant to be boiled, but the carving is nearly similar, as will be seen by the cut. The back should be divided into as many pieces as it will give, and the legs and shoulders can then be disengaged in the same manner as those of the boiled animal. Roast Turkey Illustration Roast Turkey 1005 A noble dish is a turkey, roast or boiled. A Christmas dinner with the middle classes of this empire would scarcely be a Christmas dinner without its turkey, and we can hardly imagine an object of greater envy than is presented by a respected, portly, paterfamilias carving at the season devoted to good cheer and genial charity, his own fat turkey, and carving it well. The only art consists, as in the carving of a goose, in getting from the breast as many fine slices as possible, and all must have remarked the very great difference in the large number of people whom a good carver will find slices for, and the comparatively few that a bad carver will succeed in serving. As we have stated in both the carving of a duck and goose, the carver should commence cutting slices close to the wing from two to three, and then proceed upwards towards the ridge of the breastbone. This is not the usual plan, but in practice will be found the best. The breast is the only part which is looked on as fine in a turkey, the legs being very seldom cut off and eaten at table. They are usually removed to the kitchen, where they are taken off, as here marked, to appear only in a form which seems to have a special attraction at a bachelor's supper table, we mean deviled, Served in this way, they are especially liked and relished. A boiled turkey is carved in the same manner as when roasted. Illustration. End of section 48. Recording by Carol Stripling.